Hello, everybody. Welcome. Is, is it Friday already? Friday morning. Can you believe that? I say that every morning because the time flies. So. <laughs> okay, so um, hi, Lene, and hi, everyone that's logging on. So I'll greet again when I see a few names popping up. Okay, so um, I want to speak about the stone that the builders rejected, you know, Christ the rock, the foundation stone. So, uh, but I want to just... Uh, tell you a little bit about our meeting yesterday. So yesterday morning I told you to just pray with us. So we just had an amazing meeting with the, the church that's selling that building. And uh, we are basically moving in end of January uh, into our new building. And everything is, is moving forward. So uh, we, are, we are taking complete... Um, occupation of the building then and uh, so everything is amazing then from there on it's we have to manage everything and maintain everything and do everything but the uh, the transfer deed will be probably only in a year's time because of the uh, the you know subdivisions and all kinds of rezonings and stuff that need to happen and um, because of that uh, you know, we have to, to rent for the first year. But they said, we're going to set it up this way. All the, the people that rent on the property now will pay to us, and we will pay one amount to them, which means that amount will go off uh, on the actual payments. So we're actually starting the payments. But we're still trusting God for the full $6.5 million to come in. And uh, so that we don't even have any debt for the building. All right, so uh, we're just going to trust God for that and push for that. So we believe that God is not poor. And uh, we believe we will have an address for revival. All right, so good. Um, hi, Greg. It's good to see you. Yeah, hallelujah. Yeah, I think it's just incredible how this thing is just moving. I mean, the, the building wasn't even for sale. <laughs> I just called them up and said, hey, do you want to sell me a building? They said, yes. So everything is just, yeah, it's God's timing is, in, is amazing. All right, so Psalm 118. We're going to start in Psalm 118, and then there's a few scriptures I want to touch on. So let's see how much we can in one half hour. Okay, so Psalm 118 verse 22 says, The stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. This is from the Lord and is His doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. The stone that the builders rejected. So it's not very marvelous in the eyes of the builders. <laughs> but the, st the stone that the builders rejected has become the chief of the the, of the corner, the chief cornerstone. So, you know, uh, those who build the house, if the Lord does not build the house, they build in vain. So these guys, these builders, they were building in vain. They were building, but the Lord wasn't building the house. And when the father sent his son, the chief cornerstone, they rejected the stone. They didn't like the stone. They didn't think that stone would be fitting for the building. But that, that stone became the foundation of a whole new structure. And the, and the old was completely removed and broken down. Jesus, that stone, prophesied in Matthew chapter 23 and 24. And, said, and even in John chapter 2, he said, none of this. You see these buildings, these 
to this temple in Jerusalem, none of it will remain. There will not be two stones left upon one another. Okay, So that the stone that they rejected for their building became the chief corner of the temple of God, which is the church. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Your life is built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, uh, with Jesus being the chief cornerstone. All right. So he says, the stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. This is from the Lord, and it is his doing. It's marvelous in our eyes. This is the day which the Lord has brought about. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Okay, so it's nice to have the song, this is the day, this is the day that the Lord has made. And you know, and then you sing it, and the women sing the one side, and the men sing the other side, and that's wonderful. But did you know that this day is not just Monday, Tuesday, or whatever. It's, it's a time, it's a day after the cross. It's a day in Christ. It's a day where you step out of normal time into spirit time where you step into the eternal now moment in Christ, the faith now moment. And that day came when Christ was crucified on the cross. That day came. I'm speaking of a, of a whole event, a series of events over time. Jesus was crucified. He died. He rose again. And from then, the, the Spirit was poured out. From then, we are in a new day. We are in the New Testament. We are in the kingdom of God. The old was completely removed, and all the, the trinkets <laughs> and the last bit of the old that was left was completely removed and taken out of the way in 70 AD. So that time of overlap was just to completely remove the old. The new has been completely instituted. We are in a day, the day that the Lord has made for us. Okay, so like Zephaniah prophesied, he says, in that day, it will be said that the Lord is in the midst of you. He says, so, so uh, let's just read it. Let's just jump to it. I didn't even thought, think of Zephaniah. So let's just jump to that. He says, sing, O daughter of Zion. Come on, Zephaniah, where are you? Okay. Okay, Zephaniah 3, just listen. Sing, O daughter of Zion, shout to Israel, rejoice, be in high spirits, and glory with all your heart, O daughter of Jerusalem, in that day. So this is the day that the Lord has made, in that day. So it's a day of rejoicing. It's a day of joy. The kingdom of God is righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. For then it will be, then in that day, it will be that the Lord has taken away the judgments against you. He has cast out your enemy, the accuser. The king of Israel, even the Lord himself, is in the midst of you. And after he has come to you, you shall not experience or fear evil anymore. That's Psalm 91, right there, walking in the middle of it. In that day it shall be said to Jerusalem, Fear not, O Zion, let not your hands sink down and be slow and listless. The Lord your God is in the midst of you, a mighty one, a Savior who saves. He will rejoice over you with joy. He will rest in silent satisfaction, and in his love he will be silent and make no mention of past sins or even recall them. He will exult over you with singing. Imagine God singing over you, not remembering any of your sins because he washed it away with his own blood. It's a new day inaugurated by the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. All right. 
So let's just quickly jump to uh, Matthew, Matthew chapter. No, first go to Mark chapter 12, and then we'll go to Matthew chapter 16. Okay, so, all right, so this, we recently had a series on the truth about the end times and all those really interesting things. So I think we, this, this uh, links a little bit with that. You can even add it into the playlist, please. Okay, so it says Mark chapter 12, and Jesus started to speak to them in parables. With comparisons, illustrations. A man planted a vineyard and put a hedge around it and dug a pit for the wine press and built a tower and let it out for rent to vine dressers and went into another country. When the season came, he sent a bond servant to the tenants to collect from them some of the fruit of the vineyard. But they took him and they beat him and sent him away without anything. Again, he sent to them another bond servant, and they stoned him and wounded him in the head and treated him shamefully, sending him away with insults. He sent another, and they, uh, that one they killed. Then many others, some they beat, some they put to death. He had still one left to send, a beloved son. Last of all, he sent him to them, saying, they will respect my son. But those tenants said to one another, here is the heir. Come on, let us put him to death. Then the inheritance will be ours. And they took him and killed him and threw his body outside the vineyard. Now, what will the owner of the vineyard do? He will come and destroy the tenants and give the vineyard to others. Okay, have you not even read this passage of Scripture? The very stone which the builders rejected has become the head of the cornerstone. This is from the Lord and is His doing. And it is marvelous in our eyes. Okay. They were trying to get a hold of Him, but they were afraid of the people. So another account of this says that Jesus said to them, So uh, what do you suppose the, the owner of the vineyard will do? And then they, the Pharisees, answered and said, Such a wicked person must, you know, be cast out and be put to death and be destroyed. They said, okay, so it will happen with you. <laughs> and then they realized that he was speaking about them. All right, so, right, the point is, he sent the bond servants. So right throughout scriptures, the prophets were called servants. My servants, the prophets. My servants, the prophets. So he sent his prophets, and they killed them. Okay, if you just jump over to Acts chapter 7, this is now Stephen. I hope I can quickly find it because... I don't know if I marked it. He said here, yeah, uh, Acts chapter 7. It's now just before the stoning of Stephen. And Stephen's speaking to these same guys. He says, you stubborn and stiff-necked people, still heathen and uncircumcised in heart and ears. You are always actively resisting the Holy Spirit. As your forefathers were, so are you and so you do. Which of the prophets or servants did your forefathers not persecute? And they slew those who proclaimed beforehand the coming of the righteous one, whom you now have betrayed and murdered. You who received the law as it was ordained and set in order and delivered by angels, and yet you did not obey it. Upon these things they were cut to the heart and infuriated, and they ground their teeth against Stephen. He, full of the Holy Ghost and controlled by him, gazed into heaven and saw the glory... 
And Jesus standing at, at Jesus' right hand, he said, Luke, I see the heavens opened and the Son of Man standing at God's right hand. But they raised a great shout and put their hands over the ears and rushed together upon him. Then they dragged him out of the city. They're kind of proving his point. <laughs> dragged him out of the city and began to stone him. And the witnesses placed their garments at the feet of a young man named Saul. And while they were stoning Stephen, he prayed, Lord Jesus, receive and accept and welcome my spirit. Falling on his knees, he cried out loudly, Lord, fix not this sin upon them. Lay it not to their charge. And when he had said this, he fell asleep in death. Okay, so it dragged him outside the city. So they murdered the son and threw his body outside. Jesus was crucified outside the city. Stephen, they dragged outside the city. All right? So this parable is not for you. It's speaking about God's people who did not receive the prophets and who did not receive the son. The stone which the boulders rejected became the chief of the corner. Okay, now, uh, the stone was with them long before Jesus was born. The stone is Christ. So I just want to uh, jump to 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and just read this. It's the same people, just, just the forefathers of the people that Jesus spoke to and that Stephen spoke to. And he says here in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, that our forefathers were all under and protected by the cloud in which God's presence went before them. And every one of them passed safely through the Red Sea. And each one of them allowed himself also to be baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. So they went through the water, water standing to their sides, cloud on top of them. This is the picture of the baptism. Um, Thus they were brought under the obligation to the law, to Moses, and to the covenants, consecrated and set apart to the service of God. And all of them ate the same spiritual, supernaturally given food. And they all drank the same spiritual, supernaturally given drink. For they drank from a spiritual rock, which followed them. So it's clear to see that there was something or someone supernatural with them, going through the Red Sea, going through the desert. And even after disobedience, 40 years in the desert, supernatural. They went through the Jordan and they took over all those cities and they took those, that, that whole area. Supernatural. God driving out the nations before them. Okay? So, so even though they were hard-hearted and stiff-necked and you know, then they worship a golden calf and then they put up Asherahs and worship them and then they worship Baal and then they, you know... All kinds of interesting things, but, you know, God was still with them because they were in the covenant, all right? They drank from a spiritual rock which followed them. So the rock followed them. So it's not only, yes, there's the rock on Mount Horeb that split open where Moses was hidden, and the water, you know, the water came out and the animals drank. And even to this day, you can see where the rock was split open, and you can see the fire burning the top of the mountain on Mount Sinai in Arabia, not the one in Egypt. It's the one in Arabia. You can see everything, the pillars of the stones where Moses, where the 12 tribes, everything is still there. You can still see it. But it's in Saudi Arabia, so it's not really a tourist attraction. Because you'll be killed if you go. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but the point is, it's still there. They drank from a rock. 
sorry, I got on a sidetrack. The rock followed them, which means the rock wasn't the mountain and the rock. The rock which followed them was Christ. They drank from a spiritual rock which followed them, produced by the soul power of God himself without natural instrumentality. And the rock was Christ. So there it is, Christ the rock. Even followed them back there in the desert. Nevertheless, God was not pleased with the great majority of them, for they were overthrown and strewn down along the ground in the wilderness. The, these things are examples and warnings and admonitions for us not to desire or crave or covet or lust after evil and carnal things as they did. Not to be worshippers of false gods, as some of them were. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink, and those and rose to sport, to dance, and give way to jesting and hilarity. But uh, it says, we must not gratify evil desire and indulge in immorality, as some of them did. Then, you know, it goes on. So, there was a rock that followed them. The rock came from when they were taken out of Egypt. The rock was there. So, the builders should have been acquainted with this rock, but they rejected him time and time again, time and time again, time and time again. All right? So let's just go to Matthew. And then we'll go to First Peter. You have time. Matthew chapter 16. Right, so let's start in verse 30. Now when Jesus went into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? Who do people say that I am? And they answered, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He said to them, but who do you yourselves say that I am? Simon Peter replied, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. So what happened was he recognized something spiritual. He recognized the Christ. Christ meaning the anointed one, the one smeared on by the oil, which means the one in whom the Spirit of God dwells. Okay. Then Jesus answered him, Blessed, happy, fortunate to be envied are you, Simon Bar-Jonah. So it's addressing his natural lineage, Simon, son of Jonah. Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood, natural lineage, have not revealed this to you. So it's not a natural thing to learn. But my Father who is in heaven. So the Father revealed it to him. Okay, so Jesus... John chapter 1, verse 18, no one has ever seen the Father, but the Father has come to, uh, but Jesus has come, the Son has come to reveal Him, to declare Him, to make Him known. So when you saw Jesus, John chapter 14, you saw the Father, okay? So he, they, he was looking at Jesus, and he recognized something spiritual here. He says, you are the Christ. Blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah. Flesh and blood, natural, has not revealed this to you. But the very Father that I'm always revealing has revealed this to you. You have recognized the Father in me. So he says, uh, you 
Blessed are you, he says, and I tell you, you are Peter. Greek, Petros, a large piece of rock. Okay, so the moment Peter, or Simon, recognized who Jesus was, not the natural man standing in front of him, but the moment he saw the Father in him, the Spirit, the Christ, inside of him. When Jesus revealed the Father, Jesus recognized it. Flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father revealed this to you. So now I, the Christ, say this to you. You are. So the moment you understand who he is, he tells you who you are. Okay? So if you can see who the I am is, you will know who you are. So if you turn that around, if I know who I am is, I know who I am. <laughs> All right. It's a tongue twister for someone. All right. So he says, Simon Peter replied, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Blessed are you, natural man, flesh and blood has not revealed it. My father who is in heaven revealed it. I tell you, you are Peter. Large piece of rock. And on this rock, Petra, a huge rock, I will build my church, which means it's the foundation, it's the chief cornerstone. And the gates of Hades, the powers of the infernal region or the fiery region, shall not overpower it or be strong to its detriment or hold out against it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind, declared to be improper and lawful on earth, must be what is already bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth must be what is already loosed in heaven. So the church have some loosing, loosening to do. And the church have some binding to do. So... What are you allowing in your own thoughts? So your influence in the kingdom will be around about parallel to, to your, your own reigning over your own thoughts. Okay? If you can have the mind of Christ, First Peter chapter, uh, First, uh, Corinthians chapter 2, if you have the mind of Christ, if you are the spiritual man, you have Christ on the inside of you, built on the rock, then you, by the mind of Christ, have rulership and authority over your mind. So to the measure that you can rule over your mind, over your thoughts, you will rule over this earth. So if you can not allow certain things in your mind, it won't be allowed on the earth. So whatever you lose will be what is loosed in heaven. Because your mind is where you see what's going on in heaven. So if your mind is not fixed on heaven, how will you lose things on the, in the earth that is in heaven? If you're not spending time, if your unseen part is not in the, in the unseen realm, in the, in the secret place, seeing what is there, how are you going to lose on earth what is in there? All right? So if you can have your mind set, you know, Colossians chapter 3, verse 1 and 2, set your mind and keep it set on the things that are above. If your mind can be trained to be on the Word and on, on the cross and on the stuff that's in the Spirit and the stuff that's in the secret place, in the rock, hidden in the cleft of the rock, then your words here will be powerful and you will speak a word and you will loose what is loosed in heaven. And you will bind what is bound in heaven, which means no more sickness, no more death, which means all the provision that you need to do anything that you need. It means healing is released. It means life is released to raise the dead, to heal the sick. So where is your mind? Okay? 
That was just like a little sermonette in brackets, you know, so take it, don't take it. All right, so he says, he sternly, strictly charged and warned the disciples, tell no one, okay, because it had to be revealed later. Okay, so the whole point is identity. Who are you? Who is dwelling on the inside of you? What are your life built on? Your thoughts. Your thoughts become your words. Your thoughts become your actions. So what's your life built on? Are you standing on the rock, which is Christ? It's a spiritual rock. It's an unseen rock. Or are you standing on rock? <laughs> no, that's just a joke, whatever. I love rock music. Okay? But what, what I'm saying is, <laughs> are you standing, you know, this Christian rock as well. Are you standing on the foundation of Christ? Or are you building your house on the sinking sand? Okay. The stone that the builders rejected became the chief of the corner. All right. All right. So, which means that what that rock has is for those that receive him, not for those that reject him. First Peter chapter 2. Time three minutes. Okay, so be done with every trace of wickedness. That's a good thing to start with, and all deceit and insincerity, hypocrisy, etc. Grudges. So forgive. That's yesterday's word. Envy, jealousy, slander, evil speaking of every kind. Like newborn babies, you should crave and thirst and earnestly desire the pure, unadulterated spiritual milk, that by it you may be nurtured and grow into complete salvation. Since you have already tasted the goodness and the kindness of the Lord, come to him then, to that living stone, which men tried and threw away, but which is chosen and precious in God's sight. Come and like living stones be yourselves built into a spiritual house. So the house is the body of Christ. He is the head of the body. So he is the living stone, and we are like living stones being built into a spiritual habitation a spiritual house a holy dedicated consecrated priesthood we know revelation 1 verse 5 and 6 revelation uh, 5 verse 9 and 10 he has made us uh, royal priesthood kings and priests to our god because he washed us with his blood he, he, he redeemed us with his blood out of every nation and kingdom and tribe and tongue right so he has made us a royal priesthood so come be built into this he says um, holy, dedicated, consecrated priesthood to offer up those spiritual sacrifices that are acceptable and pleasing to God through Jesus Christ. What is acceptable to you? Hebrews chapter 11 says, without faith, verse 6, it is impossible to please God. Which means, if you have faith, you please God. If you have faith, you are being built into this holy habitation. If you have faith, walking by faith and not by sight, it means that you are a living stone. You are the habitation of God. Faith. Faith says here and ah. Okay, faith. So he says, For thus it stands in Scripture, Behold, I am laying in Zion a chosen, honored, precious chief cornerstone, and he who believes in him who had years to trust, relies on him, shall never be disappointed or be put to shame. Romans chapter 10 verse 11 says the same thing. No one who trusts in him will ever be put to shame 
or be disappointed. Okay. To you then who believe is the preciousness. Hey, <laughs> that's amazing. So if you please God because you believe, the preciousness of this spiritual rock and the water that flows out of it is yours. To you is the preciousness. But for those who disbelieve, it is true. The very stone which the builders rejected has become the main cornerstone. And a stone that will cause stumbling and a rock that will give men offense. You can reference 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18 there as well, uh, and 24. They stumble because they disobey and disbelieve God's word. As those who reject him were destined and appointed to do. So if we reject him, we just cut ourselves off from the preciousness. But if we believe simple faith in Jesus Christ, our life is built upon the rock. Okay? You can also reference 1 Corinthians chapter 3, building on the foundation which is Christ. Okay? We will not have time for that today. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, same as Revelation 1 and Revelation 5. A dedicated nation, God's own purchased special people, that you may set forth the wonderful deeds and display the virtues and perfections of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. You are supposed to set forth his Wonderful deeds. You are like a screen, a projector screen. And he wants to show himself on you. He wants to project his life on you. You're just a blank canvas. If you turn to a projector that projects evil stuff, man, you, then you become like a poster for Satan. <laughs> but if you just turn, you don't have to change yourself. You just turn to him and he projects his life on you. The screen is Blank and perfect and clean by the blood of Jesus. So he can just show his life. No one can see. If you look at the projector, you can't see any images. But you have to look at the screen to see what the projector is saying. So God is projecting his life on you. All right? So he says, a stone that will cause stumbling. So if people are stumbling, turn away, nothing will happen. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a dedicated nation, God's own purchased with his blood, special people, that you may set forth the wonderful deeds and display the virtues and perfections of him who called you, called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. You were, once you were not a people at all, but now you are God's people. Once you were unpitied, but now you are pitied and have received mercy. Amazing. You can just see yourself as a 3D hologram of Jesus. Okay? And, <laughs> and just get your signal from the right source and your whole life will be just Jesus in the flesh. All right? So if your life is built upon the rock, man, you're just going to see all the precious stuff of God. Hope this has blessed you. Okay, so let's just greet a few people. I see there's a few comments there. And... Uh, yeah, awesome. Hi, Greg. Uh, wow, yeah, wow. I, th I don't know if that's for the building or for what, but wow. <laughs> we can say wow more <laughs> for the word and for the, for the building and for everything. Okay, so, um, Daniyuki from Poch, bless you. Uh, and, uh, and Dini from, uh, from George, 
from George and Donna Bay. Oh, bless you. It's good to see you. Love you. And Rob, bless you, man. It's good to see you there. And uh, powerful God bless you. Thanks, Taniyuki. We love you. Okay, so, and there's Lene. Bless you, my lovey. And Janine, good Friday morning. Yes, bless you, Janine. Aaron Michaels, bless you, man. I believe. Help my unbelief. Yes, we all say that. Lord, we believe. Help our unbelief. Okay, so bless you, Aaron. It's good to see you again as well. All right, so bless you, everybody. This weekend, um, have an amazing time in the presence of the Lord. And uh, send us an email if you want to. There's the email address. And then, um, yes, what I, what I want to say is join us Sunday morning, 9.30 for a service. If you're within driving distance, please don't stay away. Come, 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 come. It's going to really bless you. Come to church. It's going to really be an awesome time. So it's only three months still left in this building. We must enjoy it while we still have it, okay? And then, uh, you know, and other, otherwise you're going to say, oh, I missed those last services in the old building. You know, it's going to be awesome. So we're going to have, there's a few things coming up. We're going to have uh, a, a healing service at the end of the month, the last Saturday of November, not now, November, 27th of November. We're going to have a healing service here, okay? So the whole November we will be focusing on healing, and uh, we're going to have a healing service last Saturday of November here in this building. So we trust God that a lot of sick people will come, crippled people, and people with all kinds of injuries and stuff will come so that we can see miracles and signs and wonders. And then... Um, the 14th of November, we have Pietrus van Rensburg from Spirit Word House that's coming here. And he's really going to bless us. I'm so excited to have Pietrus. He's such an awesome man of God. So uh, do not miss the 14th. So uh, in the next month, don't miss the meetings. Come. It's going to really be awesome. It's going to really be blessed. Okay. Even if you have to study for an exam, God will, God will make a way for you. Just come. You will receive importation. You will be blessed. Okay. I've seen that over and over studying. I just went to church. Six hours, seven hours on a Saturday night there with, <laughs> with Prophet Corbus in spirit with, uh, while I was a student, and it always worked out. All right, so be blessed, everyone. We'll see you again on Sunday morning. Amen.